This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello and welcome into the Celtics Life Podcast. Today we're talking about the Gordon Hayward presser, changes in the NBA in terms of rules, and the final moves of free agency. I'm Topher Lane alongside Luis Gonzalez. With the C's being knocked out of the Summer League by the Mavericks, we're officially in the doldrums of summer. Luis, what are your thoughts on the miserable kind of stretch that we have ahead of us? It sucks. Yeah, right. It sucks. Uh, we were just talking about how yesterday, or kind of today, marks the the beginning of a long sort of period of just waiting for something interesting to happen. And the next interesting thing to happen will be training camp, which sometimes it really isn't all that interesting. Yeah. Cause you don't get to watch it. I mean, like you can watch no. practice tape and stuff, but there's nothing that exciting. Like no. lives of the guys, like just running around doing drills and stuff. It's not that. Yeah. I mean, now we just wait for like five months. I think everybody's just super anxious to see how all of these new guys play an NBA game and yeah, how yeah. everybody coexists. So what were your thoughts on, let's let's do a quick kind of recap of Summer League. What were your thoughts on just how this team performed in Summer League, especially Vegas? I thought they did really well. And the, the game that surprised me the most was not, obviously not this game against the Mavs, the last game they had, I forget who they played, but they were missing... Uh, Nader was out, Tatum was out, Jalen Brown was out, and they still blew, I think yeah. it was against Golden State. Yeah, it was. They blew them out. Yeah. Missing probably their top three guys. Granted, Golden or, State has no good rookies, you know. No. That's for <laughs> like sure. that's you know, they're they're not they're not a team that's structured for the summer league because they no. just, it's not their their game. They they win championships, not summer league championships. Sure. So, yeah, but I, I agree. And so, you know, against the Mavericks also are three you know, star summer league players didn't play either. Yeah. Um, if you consider those, I mean, Jalen is probably at least the most equipped to play in the summer league because he's just, you know, the most far along as far as the rookies go, uh, considering he's not a rookie anymore. But then you have, you know, Jason Tatum who killed it all summer league. It was sweet. Like yeah. just that Paul Pierce, man, he was Paul Pierce. He's going to be insane. I'm so excited about that. Yeah, it was really nice watching him play. I do have one criticism, and I think this is just the general criticism of Jalen Brown, is that sometimes he gets a little crazy with his ball handling, and he, that's one thing that he definitely needs to improve. I, I Like, out of 10, I, as a ball handler, and just, like, general ball handling, I would probably give him, like, a 6 out of 10 right now. I think he, he turns yeah. the ball over a lot. Right now, he's functioning, and I think in, in Steven's system, he's going to function a lot as an off-the-ball kind of player, like catch-and-shoot or, you know, drive, things like that. But I don't think he's going to be a primary ball. He'll fall into the wing category yeah. of Steven's, like, three-position system that he's got going on. Yeah, this summer league was a little weird because you, most of it, most nights it didn't seem like the Celtics had a point guard. Yeah, the nights that they had Jackson off, it just, like, there was nobody running the point. Yeah. And those were the games we lost in Utah were the ones yeah. that didn't have like an actual true point guard on the floor. So yeah. it goes along. It, it shows that 
you know, you need somebody and, you know, hopefully Isaiah, who is still dealing with that hip injury and still hasn't had a final assessment on that. It shows how important he's going to be to this team come October when the season actually starts, because we need a facilitator to get these guys. And it'll be interesting to see how Hayward fits into this, but we need a facilitator to make sure that all these guys can actually find a way to score. And it's great that we're adding scorers, but if we don't have Isaiah back for a while, it's going to be really strange what's going to happen with this team for the first stretch of the season. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and one quick note about that, the, the hip thing kind of does worry me a little bit. I, mean, I I hope it doesn't end up being one of those like lingering, especially the hip. Like as a basketball player, the two things that you need to be working right are your hips and your feet. If either of those are acting up, yeah. well, I mean, we've seen time and time again, especially with guys with foot problems, uh, some guys with back problems, you know, the list goes on and on, but the hip yeah, also the knees are one of the worst things that yeah, especially the big guys. But you know, if it's just like a finger, an arm, whatever. But hips being kind of kind of funny worries me. We'll see. Hopefully, this this prolonged rest will help him out, and he doesn't require any surgery. I, I think that's been pretty much ruled out at this point. But well, it it'll, it still could change with this final assessment. You know, yeah, if, it, exactly. if it hasn't progressed well, because they gave it time, because they had the time. Yeah. If it ha- if it hasn't progressed, then you might have to have surgery, and then recovery could be a lot longer than if they had just done it in June when yeah. we got knocked out of the playoffs. But because at this point he would probably be out till what November, December. I it depends entirely on. I I I couldn't say because I, I mean not a lot of guys go through hip surgeries that I know of. You know, I, I can't think of many players who have had hip procedures recently. Yeah. Uh, most guys have like knee problems, leg problems, foot bone spurs, things like that. Uh, and then, you know, like fingers, things of that nature. But a lot of times you see kind of lower body stuff. And very rarely do you see hip injuries that have. And that's why it's slightly concerning for me. Because Isaiah is a guy who accelerates so quickly. And this is the, the joint that really matters as far as that goes. So I'm, I'm hoping that he can come back 100% and it won't affect his explosiveness, his ability to just go 0 to 100 as quickly as he does. Because that's so important to his game. Yeah, no, absolutely. Especially as a as a, I hate to say it, but as a smaller guy, he needs everything to be to be yeah. working. No, you're right. Very well. Yeah, and this we're completely throwing out the rundown now, but this transitions really well into the Celtics losing head strength trainer and also the trainer Ed Lassert. So Brian Dew is leaving. Ed Lassert is leaving. Uh, and they were the guys who you know Brian Dew worked with strength and conditioning, so he made sure that they were all in good shape. But Lassert is the guy who helped him back from injuries, who helped him rehab, who helped him get through all this stuff. And going into a new trainer could affect how he comes back from this surgery. Yeah, I think, especially in basketball, where you have so few guys compared to an NFL roster where you have like 400 players. I'm exaggerating, but you know what, I'm, you know what I mean. But I think having 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 such world-class trainers. I mean, Ed Lassert has been has been in in and around basketball since like the early 1900s, honestly. <laughs> and so, losing somebody like that who is so reputable, knows what he's doing, has a proven track record, hurts. And yeah. sure, he's not a guy literally on the court playing basketball, but to say that he doesn't have a hand in every single game that the Celtics have played. It, I mean, you're, 
would be crazy to say. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's I'm hopeful that this change towards kind of more modern uh, training as far as, you know, I think they're, they're moving towards like upgrading the technology and stuff and, and looking at wearable tech and practices and things like that to evaluate things like that. And you know that Brad Stevens has been a huge analytics guy and has been all about that, like modernizing of the MBA. And he's been in the forefront of that. And they're kind of moving the training team towards that as well. And I'm hopeful that that will, you know, be beneficial to Isaiah's recovery. Uh, whether he goes through surgery or not, it's hard to say. And we'll figure that out hopefully sooner than later, but it's hard to say. And I'm hopeful that the new guys coming in to replace Stu and Lassert will be you know, good at at least be able to handle that in a, in a timely fashion. And maybe they'll be great, but it's hard to say. They better be great. Yeah. So let's, okay, back to the rundown. <laughs> Gordon Hayward was introduced. He's, he, he's number 20. He's going to be on the Celtics, we found out, which we already knew, but we found out officially. So that was cool. Danny Ainge just kind of crammed into the corner of the practice facility and told everybody what was going on, which was pretty cool. And yeah, what are you? Okay, did you watch the press conference? I know so Mark I, Allison was our, our tweeter. So I did not. But I was just about to say, I can't remember the last time where everybody knew that a guy was signing with a team, but no, there was no official statement from the team. I mean, it seemed like we signed this guy like two weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, it was and the, now it we're fly, right? So, yeah, yeah, and and now we're finally getting around to having uh, an announcement. Well, and, yeah, it was it was cool. I mean, I liked how they introduced it. You know, it was Facebook, right? And they did the aside from the actual presser, but they had the Facebook announcement where they had like from Butler six eight, yeah, Gordon Hayward, yeah, forward, yeah, and it's they showed the jersey number twenty, which. I think signals that Ray Allen's number is not going to be retired. Yeah, that's what a lot of people were saying. I, I think, yeah, you can't shun Ray Allen any more than, than this. Yeah, it's officially, I, I think people were wondering if that was ever going to happen, and they finally give Hayward the number 20, which is cool. I, yeah. I respect it, and I'm happy that Hayward gets to be his 20, and obviously I'm happy with Hayward, so I'm, I don't care what number he's wearing. So, But it seems that, uh, you know, it's we had to lose a lot of guys to get to this point. Yeah, Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk being the most notable two, and then Jordan Mickey. I don't know why we didn't lead the show with Jordan Mickey being waived. I'm surprised you didn't. I thought about it, but I figured that the Celtics fans need to hear their news, and then I can get to my own, and I can cry, <laughs> and we can go through that together once we reach that point. But we're not there yet. But we had to lose a lot of players to make this happen. All right, and I talked to. Mark about this last podcast. Do you think that the Celtics are better or worse? And obviously we've got green tinted glasses, right? But what are your thoughts on, on this change? And how does this affect the Celtics? Do you think that we progress further than we did last season? Is the benchmark Eastern Conference Finals? Or are we going to fall back? Because now that we're seeing this roster take shape, we've got so many rookies, so many young guys. It's tough. And I think most of the criticisms are pretty valid. I don't think that they got worse. Certainly not. I don't think you can add a guy like Gordon Hayward and save for replacing Gordon Hayward, replacing LeBron James with Gordon Hayward. I don't think many teams would get worse if they added Gordon Hayward. But it's tough because you lose a guy like Avery Bradley, a guy that was just almost, I would be willing to say, probably the face of this team outside of Isaiah Thomas. 
with with such defensive capabilities, one of the, one of the best, if not the best, on ball defender in the NBA. Like that hurts, and it sucks, and it's it'll be very, very, very noticeable. At the same time, one of the things, or probably the biggest criticism for why the Celtics couldn't get over Cleveland was because they didn't have a score outside of Isaiah Thomas. And Isaiah Thomas didn't play anything past game exactly. one. So exactly. we had literally no scores. Yeah. Sure, adding Gordon Hayward is going to help immensely. He averaged a little over 20 points per game, about four assists, about five rebounds per game, something like that. So the numbers, the numbers speak volumes, sure. But I don't know. It, it's tough to say. I don't want to... I really don't want to say that they're sort of they they only got slightly better because Gordon Hayward is Gordon Hayward and he is an all star and we we've seen what he can do but losing Avery Bradley really really hurts. It does. I and I'm optimistic in this sense. I'm optimistic in that Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward are perfect together. Yeah, and that you know they were able to plow through to the finals two times, right? In well the finals being NCAA finals, the the championship game in the NCAAs with Butler with like a team that really had nobody and they made it through some of the best college teams and they didn't win the championship either time, but it, you know it's still it's something that I think that they just work so well together and then combine that with a lot of other stuff going on and I think I'm optimistic about this team's capabilities. And maybe we do need to put in a little bit more work on the roster, and maybe all these young guys are appealing to trade something for, and the capability of having two first-round picks next year in that could fall on the lottery. If we don't get the Lakers, then we only have one. But still, the ability to trade one away might be a little bit more possible. So we might be able to trade for another star player, or at least a proto-star player, who can improve the team if we're really performing under what we expected by the deadline. So, I don't know. I think I, best case scenario, this team is on on route for like sixty wins. I think. I, I think that's what a lot of fans expect, especially because the Eastern Conference got so much worse. Yeah. Like I think it's a sixty win team, pretty easily, but that comes with an asterisk of. But this is also the worst Eastern Conference that we've seen in a very long time. Can I actually time in on that? Yeah. The, 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 this isn't in our notes or anything, but this whole the East is so bad, but the West is so good argument. At the end of the day, what does it matter when only one team can represent each conference in the NBA Finals? Well, it doesn't matter once you get to the Finals, but the fact that the Cavs and the Celtics and the Wizards and the Raptors have like a cakewalk to get to the Finals is going to be so much different than the teams like the Warriors and the Rockets and the Spurs who are going to, have to plow through like these you know championship caliber teams. I mean if you just look at the number of contenders in the West compared to the number of contenders in the East, it's just the playoffs themselves are going to be devastating for the Western Conference while there's only going to be like one or two serious series in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think if anything this will just this will just help the salary cap Having extended series in the playoffs. Well, I hope. I mean, in the West, yeah. Yeah, in the West. But in the East, I feel like it's just going to be sweeps. You know, because like, if we take the one or two seed, who are we going to go up against? Like, that's I have no Charlotte? idea. Charlotte? 
<laughs> up against I I don't even know it. Who would fall the Pacers? Maybe I don't. I like, I don't. I think they're a pretty bad team. But who falls in the seven or eight seed? It falls off no so idea. quickly. You have the Celtics, Cavs, Raptors, Wizards in no particular order for the top four seeds, and then you have the Hornets. The uh, I need to pull up teams, but the Bulls are falling off. The Nets are still going to be bad. I don't know where the lottery is going to fall, but the Nets are still going to be bad. The Knicks are probably going to be worse. You have the Magic, who could maybe somehow swindle a playoff spot. Maybe. With like 38 wins. Like, there's a chance that team is so far below 500 and they still make the playoffs. And then, who else is there in the East? Man, I forgot. Wait, let me give me a second. This is this is crazy that the, the, these teams have, have gotten so... That's real-time search. All right, so we've got... Okay, right. It'll be better. The Heat and the Bucks. The Bucks are... The Bucks, Hornets, Heat, and then probably the Sixers or Pistons are going to be the latter four seeds, probably. Yeah. But no, none of those teams are, are striking fear into any of the top four seeds, I don't think. If the Sixers are healthy, they could be scary. I think we're giving them too. We're we're too high on them for a bunch of guys that we've never seen play together. Yeah, and that's that's totally. But if they all live up to the hype, like Embiid, right, if, lived up to the hype that he wanted to, just sure. broke himself after thirty six games. Exactly. So let's if they all live up to the hype that they're supposed to, because like of their first round picks in the last four years, they've combined to play like thirty ten. I think like. 40 games, maybe. Yeah, it's crazy. Maybe. So if they all play and they're healthy and live to the hype, then that's great and they might be a scary team come playoffs because they've got a ton of threat. They've got Amir. They've got JJ Redick as veterans and then they've got a ton of really good rookies or at least rookies that are supposed to be really good if they can play on the court. So, yeah, no, if they fall on the latter part, that could be a tough series for, you know, the Raptors, Celtics, Wizards, Cavs. The Hawks are falling off. The Bucks are going to be a scary team. I think that's a 4-5 matchup, probably, which will be tough for the Wizards or the Raptors. See, there has to be a, a distinction made between teams that are, like, just generally scary. Let, let's talk about the Bucks, for example. They have a lot of talent. Sure. You have, you have Giannis, uh, a team that's anchored by Giannis, a bunch of other young pieces there. But do you trust them to win a playoff series? Yeah. Especially, I think, well, Giannis is getting better. And sure. they're probably going to bring in Derrick Rose, probably. And then they've got, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, that was the latest. he's met with them two times now. And they're, like, that's, that's where he's going to, there's nowhere else that's really that interested in him. And the Bucks have space to spend because they didn't get anybody otherwise. Yeah. So then you've got probably one of the best bench forwards in Greg Monroe, who can match up with, probably anybody in the playoffs as far as big men go. And then, you know, they've got Chris Middleton. They've got Della Vadova, who's proven in the playoffs, and he's a pesky defender. That is they've, true. Got, they've got all these pieces. And, you know, Jason Kidd is due to finally win a series. I guess he technically won. Did he win one with the Nets, or did they lose when he was with the Nets that one year that they made the playoffs? I don't, I don't remember if they actually won a series at all. Did Wait, I think they did. I think they won a series and then they won up against the Heat. Maybe. LeBron in the next series. Either way. Something like that. Yeah, the Nets, 
And Jason Kidd is a solid coach, and he's just been dealt with horrible injuries. If Jabari Parker can come back and play, they've got a really good core, and I'm optimistic about their abilities to take on a team like the Wizards or the Raptors. And they match up better with those teams than the Celtics did this past playoff season. So, no, I'm, I think the Bucks could totally win a series, and I think they're definitely going to pose a serious challenge for anybody they play, in part because Giannis is a freak that is like impossible to find a matchup for. And then you've got Malcolm Brogdon coming back. You've got all these guys who have the ability to grow. Giannis is supposed to continue to get better, which is stupid. Brogdon, reigning rookie of the year, probably will continue to get better. They've got a lot of pieces. And then Jabari Parker, if he ever gets over his knee problems, flashes of brilliance. You hate these guys that... Well, you, I don't want to say you hate these guys. Those are the wrong words. You feel for these guys that have all this potential, somebody like Jabari Parker, Joel Embiid, et cetera, et cetera, that have all this talent, have, have shown all of these flashes of talent, but they just have these injuries. Like their bodies are just made well, of glass. Yeah, and I've always, always said that if I were, and I'm not an NBA GM, obviously, but I yeah. would never risk it on a guy with knee problems. Yeah. Because how, the only guy who I think ever has at least in recent memory, who has been successful after having like lower leg problems is Steph Curry with his ankle yeah. problems. And uh, even then, I mean, that's, that's just because apparently, and I read a ESPN story on it, that he's just incredible with his, his body control. And then he's gone through this kind of really, really, really obscure training program that like focuses on like how he just actually moves his body. That's made him, capable of keeping his his legs healthy so yeah but otherwise who's the guy who came back from knee problems who ever actually came back greg odin was his career was over in three years because of knee problems Derek rose Derek rose hasn't really been he's maybe the best of all these guys who have had knee problems but even then he's ripped his acl mcl like three times now in both knees if i'm not yeah, mistaken exactly. yeah yeah I, if I were a GM, I would not take a risk on a guy with knee problems. But, you know, it, it just seems like once it happens, there's just no coming back from that. So, yeah. Jabari may be done for his career. He probably will limp out a couple more seasons. And maybe he'll limp out the rest of his career up till his, like, mid-30s or something. But I just don't think that he could be the, the player that the Bucks thought they were getting with the was a second or third overall pick. Yeah. That, was it? I think it was a third. It was one of the two. One of the two. That's my top three for sure. So is, I just, yeah, the Bucks are going to be a good team and they're going to be scary in the playoffs. But even then, it, you're still looking at just this vast difference between the top four and the bottom four in the Eastern Conference. And everyone that we're talking about in the bottom four is just a question mark. Whereas the West, you got the Warriors, Spurs, Rockets, even the Clippers are going to be solid. The Jazz have some pieces. They can probably fight pretty well. The Thunder have Paul George. Russell Westbrook, and they're filling out other pieces. The Blazers are apparently considering trying to get Carmelo Anthony, and they've already got a scary team of really young, fun players. Yeah. The Nuggets picked up Millsap. Like, there's a yeah. lot of good teams. Yeah. And then the Pelicans, can they find a place in the playoffs? They probably should, but there's they like, have the that's, talent. that's a scary team. That's, that's a scary set of, of teams in the playoffs. And there's questions of who's going to fall at the eight seed. And my guess is they're. I mean, they'll probably be near 500 because they're just going to trample the East, but, you know, it's just going to be, oh, the Timberwolves too. Timberwolves are a good team too. Yeah, they got a lot better. They got Jimmy Butler. They got Jeff Teague. They got Jamal Crawford. Yeah, no, the West is, it's just going to be 
a completely different experience for the conferences. For and this is we've heard about how the conferences or how the West is better than the East for the last six, seven, eight years. Yeah, <laughs> and it's gotten so much worse this off season. And I think the only guy who left the West to come East was Gordon Hayward. Uh, yeah, a significant name oh, at least. So, okay. Well, yeah, we should. We spent a lot on. of time on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, y'all. Speaking of that, Paul George, in a Sports Illustrated, there was a Sports Illustrated piece that talked to Paul George and everything about his experiences since being traded on June 30th. He seemed to indicate that he wasn't as obsessed with going to LA. Instead, that he just wanted to be in a winning situation. Hmm. Interesting. How does that? <laughs> it's fu- it's funny that he waited so long to say that. Well, I don't think he was trying. I mean, I I think that he had every good intention as far as the Pacers went. I mean, he he. It's not like he was trying to sabotage the Pacers and he was making a bad situation. I think he just made it clear that you know if if I don't get anywhere, I'm gonna try and go to L.A. next year and gave them a heads up and they were able to trade. Granted, they made a horrible trade. For the Pacers, but he gave him an idea, and then they capitalized on on him giving them a heads up. If he had said that he was going to sign with a team, I think the Celtics would have put a lot more resources into the trade. But I think because there was some uncertainty as far as if he was going to re-sign or if he was going to bolt for LA the second that the season ends, that probably made it a lot harder for Danny Ainge to cough up the Brooklyn pick that the Pacers allegedly asked for, that the, see that the couple starters that they wanted, things like that. That's what I'm saying. It's it's interesting that he waited till after he got traded to sort of clear the air and say, like, well, all of this L.A. Lakers stuff is a little bit overblown. If he would have said that, you know, just a few days prior, like you just said, maybe the Celtics would have thrown in whatever it was that they were allegedly, the Pacers were allegedly asking for. But no, he waited until after the fact, once he was already traded, to say, well, no, it, was, it wasn't as big of a deal as everybody was making it seem. So I think the timing is a little suspect, to say the least. But what do I know? I mean, again, I don't think there was any negative. I don't think he was trying to hurt anybody. I just, no, no. I, I appreciate that he wasn't just walking around talking to the press, talking to everybody like, oh yeah, this is what I'm talking, this is what I'm feeling about. This is, you know, I totally I'll sign with these people. Because, you know, you got guys like Mello and then Phil Jackson who were just fighting over the media. Yeah. And I think it's just better that they just talk to their agent. And I'm assuming that maybe these conversations were had with the front offices. And maybe Danny Ainge knew this stuff, but preferred, because if he had traded for Paul George, we wouldn't have been able to do anything very serious in free agency we wouldn't have been able to get gordon hayward unless we blew up everything else you know so maybe this was stuff that people did know about and we as fans and as sports readers found out about two weeks later yeah and you make a good point in saying that if we did pick up paul george we probably would have had to blow up the team in one way or another so that would have been that would have meant no semi no, uh, no Zizich, potentially, uh, no Yabuselli, and the list goes on and on. No Jordan so, Mickey. That's the serious one. Yeah, and no Jordan Mickey, which is, <laughs> I mean, I think. <laughs> that speaks for itself. It's not I, worth, if, not worth if it. If you ask me who would I rather have, Jordan Mickey or Paul George, I mean. It's a toss-up. 
<laughs> yeah, you can go okay. either way. <laughs> but yeah, so I, honestly, I I think the seas will be just fine. I think opting to go a route where they focus more on developing their rookies and keep a strong veteran-ish core around their rookies, I think that's a great, great strategy. I think while we may, we'll see, well, while we may not be contending for a championship this year, I think long-term the league is, the league is ours, honestly. Exactly. We're, we're fighting, we're going to be playing in the Eastern Conference Finals for the foreseeable future, barring injuries. And, you know, tough round, tough playoffs in the second round. But we're going to be playing there while still developing great mm-hmm. rookie players. You know, and how many teams can say that? Exactly. You know, the Warriors yeah. The Warriors have a great situation for now, but they've got nothing in five years. Yep. That team is going to blow up very quickly. Yeah, and when they have to start paying guys more, mm-hmm. it's going to get even harder. So. I mean, look at what's happening with Cleveland right now. We'll see where they're at next year. Well, Cleveland also did it differently. Cleveland bought everybody. Like, at least the Warriors kind of had that set up because they had Draymond, Steph, and Clay, all that they, they drafted themselves. Yeah. The Cavs have just bought everything. The New York Yankees of, of basketball. And that makes it so much harder because you don't have bird rights necessarily. You can't sign over. You can't go over the cap with signing people because you don't have their bird rights. They have to find ways to finagle the cap and and do all this crazy stuff. Whereas the Warriors, at least, you know, they could for a crazy expensive amount of money once they go over the luxury tax when they re-sign all these guys. They could keep the core intact. Granted, they'll be aging. And in five years, these guys will all be above 30, I think. But they're still going to be dominant players. And they'll still be, you know, contending probably for a long time. But they're they're not growing that that team afterwards. So the fall-off will be quick when they do lose these guys. Oh, absolutely. So unless they continue to trade and do stuff like that, which some teams do, but you know, Celtics are opting for a youth movement while also playing for the now at the same time. So and it's gonna work. It's hopefully gonna work. Gonna work. It's hopefully gonna work. Uh, Celtics are gonna play in London. Our own Josh Coyne, our our UK correspondent, will be closest to the game, which is new for him. (laughs) I mean. They're kind of doing the the NFL thing with the well, the, the NFL plays in London too. Yeah, at least twi- twice a year. I think they're aiming for three. Yeah, times a year. I think they played two or three games there last season. But it was it was really crummy teams. They had like the Jaguars and like yeah, the, like teams that nobody cares about. This is a good like the Celtic. We also played in Mexico City last year too, right? So we're one of the international teams. Yeah, we played the Kings if I'm not mistaken. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I mean, it's cool. You nothing lost, and you get some of these young guys to go to London or have the, the chance to experience London, which is cool. I mean, it's interesting. I, I like that. It's, I, I, you know, with the talk of expansion teams and trying to make the game more international, which is really the market that the NBA is going to have to tap. If they want to keep this revenue flowing in come next media deal. So yeah. it's, it's important to be doing this and it's, it's exciting that, they're bringing the UK into it. Um, and, you know, talking to Josh, and we should bring Josh on again to talk about his perspective as far as this stuff goes, but he's got a lot of fans, friends who are NBA fans, who it's tough because they're five hours ahead. They have a difficult ability of keeping up with the NBA from far away, but they do, and it's something that, I mean, it's the best basketball league in the world. 
And I mean, that shows in the Olympics, obviously, because we dominate year in and year out, but there's nothing better than the NBA for basketball. And, and the fact that we're bringing that to other countries is really cool. Yeah. I mean, uh, outward reach to the, to other parts of the world is never a bad thing. So yeah. sure. The, 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 these people do have access to basketball, but it's not NBA basketball. And not to say that other leagues around the world aren't good, but other leagues around the world don't have LeBron James, Steph Curry. Well, they're not the best. I mean, the yeah. NBA is the best. Exactly. Easily. Like you just said. So I'm a fan of it. I'm a fan of it. We're gonna be as, as long as they don't go the NFL route and have like, I don't know, Orlando versus Phoenix, you mm. know, like, like, he's, yeah. yeah, like who wants to watch that? Does the like, NBA have a league? I don't even know if they've, I've never heard of it. If they I don't do. know. I know. I'm pretty sure they do. I know France has one and France yeah. is all right, but I, I don't know if the UK actually has one or like England or one of the countries there, Wales, maybe Wales. There's a really good Welsh league. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, we're playing the Sixers there. Which is going to be, you know, as we said earlier, it could be a really good matchup because the Sixers could be a really fun team. They're so young and they've got a lot of, a lot of talent behind those guys. So yeah. it's going to be a fun game. It's going to be, I don't know when they're going to play. If it's going to be tough for us to watch because it's five hours ahead. So we'll have to see. What well, maybe we'll catch it on tape delay. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to watch it like 2 p.m. Is January 11th like a Saturday? Cause I'd, be, I'd appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Make it a little bit easier. But yeah, so that's cool. Um, ESPN says that Isaiah deserves the max contract that he's been asking for. And he had said, I think a week and a half ago, that he's expecting the Celtics, or that the Celtics are going to have to bring out the Brinks trucks. What are your thoughts on Isaiah and a max contract? So I love Isaiah Thomas. I really do. I really, really, really do. The problem with, I think that you, and we've seen these crazy, these crazy contracts get doled out to these very mediocre players. Like Timothy Mozgov comes to mind. What was it? The, what was it? The seventy-two million dollar contract that he signed, or something like that. What a steal! What a steal! <laughs> but like, Isaiah deserves as much money as he can possibly get. I do think that long term, if he wants the Celtics to be as good as they can possibly be he will take slightly less than the max. So the max for him would be what a about 30 million dollars a year. Yeah. If they can yeah, if they can get him around 23 to 25 per I'm a big fan of that. But the 30 million for him you have to take into account his defensive his defensive liabilities. And it's just going to get worse. Yeah. It's so not- like yeah, I give him at least. Uh, let's say let's give him at least twenty three million per. But the full max, I don't know. I don't think he'll take it. I don't think that's that's what scares me. You would have to. We would have to do really, really, really well this year. I for let let's say something happens, something miraculous happens, and we end up in the NBA finals. Then and only then do I think he will agree to something that's less than the max because he sees that long term this is something that that can probably work out I without think, having to break apart the team too much. I think it's reasonable to say the Celtics make the finals. I think that's yeah. a reasonable way. I mean, okay. I think it's a reach, but I think it's reasonable. I think the Celtics are a con- 
contending Eastern Conference team with what we've got. And also, yeah, I mean, there's there's a question mark as far as how all the rookies will play, but I think that's that's reasonable. My question, though, is that I think Isaiah knows that, and he's still saying that the Celtics are still going to have to bring out the Brinkstrucks, that they're still going to have to pay a max, and that he deserves it, which I, I don't disagree with. But my concern is with what happens after year two, because he's 28 now. Yep. He'll be 33 at the end of a max deal, a four-year max deal. And that is scary to me because he hurt his hip, right? Granted, he was the go-to guy, and he had like one of the highest usage percentage in all of the NBA. So he was overused and probably just completely spent by the time we got to Eastern Conference Finals and then just needed to, to sit, needed to rest, needed to get back in shape. That's fine. But if he starts having injuries, and the way that he plays, he plays so risky where he just goes in, bounces around like a pinball in the lane. I I just don't see his career being sustainable and his ability to stay healthy being sustainable. And then paying him even $23 million a year is scary to me because that's a lot of money. That locks up a lot of cap space. And nobody's going to trade for a 5'9 guy who's got an injury history when he's 32 years old and he's got another $23 million on his contract. That is a good point. Give me one second. I want to just check just to make sure. Okay. So the problem with, with bringing, up, bringing up Isaiah's age is the fact that Okay. We already do have somebody that's signed for basically the max that's 31 years old. Perfect. Yeah. It's a different so, player. No, sure, sure. But, he, but the age thing. Let's, let's just focus on the age. So the argument that you can't give Isaiah the max because at the end of the max, he'll be 30 somewhere. Like in the middle of the max deal, he'll be pushing 31, whatever. But we signed Al Horford to the max when he was 30. Al Horford doesn't have an injury history. Al Horford doesn't play as nearly as risky as. But he's gonna. But his his skills are gonna fall off. That but that that being my just general point that with age comes a deterioration of skill. I, I my my concern with Isaiah is not skill. My concern okay. is that I and defensively maybe because I mean if he and I say that in anticipation of him getting hurt and losing a step. Okay. You know, that he's already struggling to defend oh, mostly because of height. And in the playoffs, yeah. we saw that he was like really sticking with guys and he was doing his best to defend. But, you know, there's only so much he can do because of just what he's got. But oh. Al, I, I don't think that his game is going to drop off Isaiah's unless he gets injured and just can't play. But Al Horford, it, the only injury he dealt with was the concussion. And that was a weird one. Yeah. But even then, I mean, it's just. That's that's just an accident. That's not something that happens, and it's just they were being precautious by keeping him out because they didn't want to put him back in because of possibility of more brain injury, which is fine. I respect it, but he didn't have a single injury otherwise last year that I can think of, or at least want to sideline him for any consequential amount of time. No. He's really never had an injury history, and he's continued to get better, and he's been significantly better in Steven's system, at least as an all-around player, sure. than he was in Budenhoser's system. So... My concern is, is mostly injury, and the way that they play the game is vastly different because Horford plays very safe and plays as a very measured player who's at mo the most contact he can get is backing somebody down. Yeah, he's very calculated. Yeah, and he's not a guy who's going to be driving into the lane, bouncing off people, falling down, 
drawing and ones. That's just not his, his style of play. He's post guy, going to stretch the floor, but he's not going to be a huge contact guy. Isaiah is little, and almost every time that you see him drive, he's on the floor at the end of that play. Yep. <laughs> every single time. Whether he's screaming and one or not, he's... You know, it, <laughs> just, I just can't see that as a sustainable way of playing the game for a 30-year-old, you know? I mean, even LeBron James adapted his game, and he's been a fountain of youth, LeBron James. But he adapted his game where he's not doing that anymore, and when he does go in, he makes sure to go up strong, and he just, you know, he does whatever he can to make sure he doesn't hit the ground. Yeah. He's done a great job of doing it. Isaiah does not do that, and he needs to change the way he plays, which I don't think he can, because that's, that's the only way he can, because he's so little. He needs to go in hard, and he needs to go in and really cut through the defense. He has to do it at high speeds. And if he gets hit and falls down, that's just what happens. Yeah. So I, I said, that's my concern. Yeah. I should note that Al Horford is making $26.5 million. Which so think, a little, a was, little shy of what Gordon Hayward is making. Yeah, I think that was the max at the time, but the cap yeah. did jump. So, yeah. so it'll all depend. Maybe the numbers will drop again next Next season, who knows? Well, so maybe not, not significantly enough. He's no, no, no. But let's say a max it will be like twenty nine million it, or something. Yeah, I, I, it's tough to say because the revenue is pretty stable. But I think it's going to sit around thirty as far as that goes. Yeah. But we'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, so we will see what happens with Isaiah. But I think both of us can agree that he probably won't take less than the max unless something like the Celtics ending up in the finals this season. Happens. Then my question, my response: Do you let him walk? Then do you let him go in free agency and try and find some point guard? Whether it's no, you 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 try to sell him on. I don't know because we don't know if if the team is willing to to give him the max. We have no idea. This is all speculation, but maybe they are willing to go into the luxury and give him the max. Whatever. But I think at least first you try to during the season. You talk to him, let's say the season is going well, you're closing in on 60 wins or whatever, and you're like, hey, look, you see what we're doing? If you take a little bit less than the max, maybe we can do a little bit more. Yeah, we can keep this up. Yeah, we can keep this up. If we give you the max, we might have to let somebody go. You know? So, we'll see. I, I, it, it totally just depends. We don't know what the, what the front office is thinking, whether or not... I, I'm sure Danny thinks that he's deserving of the max but there's a difference between feeling like somebody is something and actually going through with whatever well i think we can all agree that he deserves it sure yeah of course and i think i think Ainge would probably agree too but yeah. the fight i mean it's a business and the celtics probably can't afford that and yeah. you know you look at the country you look at the lifetime of a contract and the four-year deal know that Ainge is looking at that and saying, you know, he's going to be 32, 33 years old at the end of this deal. Why should I be? Maybe they offer him a three-year. Maybe they offer him a two-year at max. I'm totally fine with that. But it's the fact that it's a four-year deal and that it's that we're locked in to something is, that could be as bad as just a guy you're paying max who just sits on the bench for the entire season. That scares me. So yeah, maybe he can do sort of like the Kevin Durant one in one kind of deal. Till to to see what happens. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's all so complicated, and these numbers give me a headache. Yeah. 
Well, <laughs> the changes. So you talked about the cap maybe dropping, but well, whether that'll happen, there were changes this year to the NBA. So now, and this was Adam Silver's like press conference of the changes that happened. Uh, walk us through what we got for next season. So timeouts are down. So now teams only get seven timeouts. Um, all 75 seconds. Yeah, no more 30-second timeouts. Yeah, and no more, and there, uh, no more than two timeouts per team in the last three minutes of the game, which I think is huge. Yeah. That's, that's such a big deal because, you know, we see a lot of teams, especially with, let's say it's a three-point game, less than a minute. Teams take a timeout. The teams probably take close to three timeouts Dude, in that last minute. This affects the Celtics hard because oh yeah, even absolutely the timeout king, right? He's the one who draws up those plays. Yep, and have to save those for the late game situations. You know, yeah. So I, I think that that's um, when I saw the when I saw the 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 last three minute thing is the biggest deal. I think the seven timeouts, whatever, but. Having only two per team in the last three minutes is is a huge deal, and coaching is gonna is is gonna come up huge in close games now. Yeah, and the ability uh, to coach on the sideline and like watch from you know just be able to call plays, things like that. Because like I said, Stevens is a big whiteboard guy, you know, and he's yeah. he's been revered in the NBA for his ability to draw plays out of timeouts. Yeah, and if he only gets two in the last three minutes. That's going to be tough. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, the NBA considered, but they did reject a 16-team seating across the league, which would probably have been a, very difficult to do geographically. It doesn't make any sense for, let's say, Boston to be playing L.A. in the first round of the playoffs, something like that. Uh, so I'm kind of glad that that didn't go through. It's, it's, just, a, it's just this response to this imbalance in the conferences now. Yeah. And that, that I think people will get over eventually. Goes back to what we talked about earlier. But also, I mean, if you, geographically, the conferences already don't make sense. Like, Memphis is in the Eastern time zone. Like, if Memphis is a team that, that gets an eight seed or something, then the Warriors still have to go all the way from the West Coast back to Tennessee, you know? Yeah. Like, they, the conference, and that's, you know, it is what it is, but I, I would appreciate that in part because of how easy the Eastern Conference is going to be, because we already talked about that, that there might be a 38-win team making the the playoffs in the East. But I I don't know. I mean, it doesn't matter that much to me, but the, the issue with the playoffs this past year was just how quick they went and yep. how just the level of competition was trash in some of these series. I think only the Celtics series were good until you got to the finals. And then yep. the Jazz Clippers series was actually pretty good too. But otherwise, it was just it was disappointing. And I think it sucks for the NBA because a lot of a lot of people will now say, "Well, the regular season is not worth watching. Why? I only really want to watch the playoffs when it comes to the NBA." But now the playoffs might not even be worth watching. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so this is this is why I'm saying that while the 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 cap may not drop significantly and a significant drop i think would be like five million dollars i think if things continue to trend the way that they are right now it wouldn't 
be far-fetched to think that the cap will continue to drop below projections from, let's say, projected 101 to, I think it was projected at 103 or something um, this season, and now it was it dropped to 99. Oh, did it? I, I never saw the exact numbers. I just know I it dropped. I think it was something like that. I might be, the numbers might be off slightly, but... <sighs> so, I... I will say that yeah, some of some of these proposed changes make some sense, but the sixteen top sixteen playoff thing, I don't know how it would work. Yeah, it just I, I think it just goes by standings. It would be yeah. to me that makes sense. I yeah. appreciate it, but I I mean I understand that the NBA and that's been something that's been in the discussion for forever. Right, yeah. at least yeah, exactly. at least for since the Eastern Conference has been as bad as it has been, which um, has been for a while. <laughs> yeah, and with it getting even worse, is is making it harder. But you know, like you said, these playoffs are will be better, especially the Western. The Eastern will be a lot worse. But once you get to the second round, it'll be the you know pretty solid matchups. I would yeah. hope because if you look at the the Celtics Wizards series, the problem with the Celtics Wizards series was that it was basically just blowout after blowout. Whichever team had home court advantage was just wrecking. And then finally you got that overtime game and you had game seven, which was sweet, but there were like two or three good games in that series, which was, I think it was fun. I I think the, the home court blow. Well, I say that because the Celtics did have home court and the way that the series was playing out home court team won each time the Celtics were going to win the series anyway, (laughs) because they did have home court. But I thought it was fun. I, I remember being at a at a Boston sports bar in New York uh, called Professor Tom's for game uh, was it game five? Maybe. Yeah, it was. It was game I feel five. Like I, you t- I was. Yeah. No, no, no. It was game. No, it was game six uh, because we were up in in Washington and somebody hit a last minute shot for Washington and won the game or something like that. And it was it was it was fun because it's like oh last minute maybe though maybe this will be the first game that a that a team wins on the opposing team's court and it didn't happen game seven you saw the Celtics won. Um, I don't remember what my point was going to be, but it was <laughs> it was a, it was a fun series. It was a it was a fun series, and I would probably argue that it was the best series of the entire playoffs. Uh yeah, the Bulls series was good too. And and that was nice because we won four straight. You know, like, it just felt good. It was a very rewarding series. But the Wizard series was, like, nasty. It was, for a lot of reasons. It was, yeah. it was heated. You had the Kelly Olenek, Kelly Oubre battle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was, it was, it was so entertaining. Yeah, and then, but then you have those parts where it was, like, 26 nothing run by the Wizards. And it was oh, just God. so depressing. <laughs> yep. You know, and I, I, I'm not a guy who really ever turns off games. And I didn't during the playoffs, but if it hadn't been the playoffs, I just would have gotten like sick and just like, I just wasn't up for it. Yeah. But I just, yeah, I remember Absolutely. watching it. And I was just like so mad. <laughs> and then we still lost by like 20 something points. We were winning. It was miserable. But I have a feeling runs like that won't happen this season. I hope. All right. What else? What other changes we got? So as of this morning, I was scrolling through Twitter and I found out that NBA opening night will be 10 days earlier. October 17th instead of October 27th. So instead of a little pre-Halloween extravaganza, we'll have a pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre-pre. Yeah, what's up with that? I I don't know. I liked opening night being like 
Halloween, basically. And, like, you know, right around then, because you could go to Halloween parties, you could be Larry Bird, but you could also be repping your team. <laughs> you know, it was, like, it was a good... It was a, I like that setup, but now now it's middle of October. What's that? I don't I don't know what the justification for it was. Maybe they want the. I don't know if this shifts everything back. I don't know if the playoffs will start. Maybe this is a because I just saw the tweet and I didn't look up any details for it. But maybe this is to give teams a bigger break between the end of the season and the playoffs. I don't know if the playoffs are also moving back. I have no idea. I so I think that this is the first of a few moves. If they just move opening night back and give more space between end of the season and the playoffs, I think that's great. Build anticipation for the playoffs, but who knows? Nice thing is, is that there's less time of off season right now, which is great which is because great. you know, right now we're all going to be suffering one week less of waiting, which is great. Yeah. I, I'm a I'm a fan. I like it. I don't I don't see any negatives to this other than yeah, like it's the Halloween thing was cool. Yeah, now and then, now I have to be Larry Bird like three games into the season, four games into the season. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I, and I've learned to associate like a certain changes in weather with the upcoming NBA season. So yeah. so now it won't be as cold in New York Slightly. when the when the Celtics season starts. Yeah, Slightly. it'll be a very minimal difference, but yeah, it'll be a little bit warmer. You can pull off the jersey for opening day without anything else. Yeah. It works. Well, okay. speaking of warm, one place that certainly is pretty warm is Las Vegas. And Jalen Brown had this great idea. I'm sure most of you have heard or will have heard about this by the time this podcast gets published. But Jalen Brown held a party for all the <laughs> underage, newly drafted guys um, in summer out yeah. in Vegas. Wasn't that and that's so sick. That was awesome. I I, I love Jalen Brown so much. And that my favorite sense. part was he, what he said about it, where he's like, we're all under 21, right? And there's nothing to do in Vegas for people like us. So we're just going to have a party. Or I'm going to have a party for these guys that we can all just hang out, meet each other, have a good time without, you know, breaking any laws, basically. <laughs> that's like, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, I really appreciate that. Like, he's a great, and it wasn't just Celtics players. Like, Lonzo Ball was there. Markel Fultz yeah. was there. Guys who got drafted last season. Yeah, it's. I think Dante Exum was there too, even though he was already over 21. But it's just, it's great. I really like it. Shows a lot of leadership at the very least. Right. And willingness to do things for more than just yourself and for your team. You're you're just like, he's just a good guy. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, it's really cool. And I always wonder, because at the end of games, right, during like the regular season and playoffs and stuff, they all like hug and they all like dab each other up and stuff. And I always wonder if that's legit, like if they like actually know each other. Like obviously the All Stars when they interact during the All Star Week and things like that, like they they get to know each other. But the rookies and the role players, how well do they know each other? And it's really cool to see like they actually are doing stuff when they're all in the same city, and that Jalen is the one who's facilitating that. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. No, no complaints on my end for for that. He's also going to Team World for the Africa game, which is I had totally forgotten about that. Yeah. The, the the Africa game. Isn't that pretty cool? Yeah, it's like, great. It, I mean, it's game respect game. So he gets to go to, he gets to play, which is cool. Any, any opportunity that I have to watch Jalen Brown on TV, I'll take it. Especially I don't when care. it's more fun when he just gets to play around. I guess it's just, yeah, it's great. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. Uh, quick free agency stuff. 
Rajon Rondo is officially a New Orleans Pelican. Rondo. Okay, good, good. Thanks for that. <laughs> I wasn't sure when you could stop. And DeMarcus Cousins, too. He's, he's reunited with DMC because they played together in Sacramento, which is going to be weird. It's, oh, man. I don't know what. Rondo is very frustrating because he has, he still has all of this talent. I mean, we saw him against the Celtics uh, in the first round series with Chicago. In games one. But, yeah. yeah, but this is his fifth team. Since the 2014 season, Mavs, Kings, Mavs, Kings, Bulls, Bulls. 14. I like it. Was he on the yeah. other ones? Mavs, Kings. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the. the well, I, no, because <laughs> he got traded from Boston to Dallas, was it? Yeah, so he's with the Mavs. Yeah, so so that counts because it was the start of the 14th. Yeah, so it would be so it's Boston, Mavs, um, Kings, Bulls, Bulls, Pelicans. Yeah, so yeah, 15 minutes. There you go. <laughs> I, and I was, I, when free agency started, right? And I was talking to Justin about this. It's like, Rondo should be their point guard. And he's like, no, they got Drew Holiday. They're fine with that. It's like, but Rondo should be their point guard because he's cheaper. And what was the deal that he actually signed with him? It was like one year, right? I think, yeah, it was, it was a one year deal for sure. I don't know what the numbers were, but it was definitely a one year deal. One year deal, NBA.com. It is. Well, he's reunited with Boogie, which will be interesting. I think they're just trying to get... I th- if this doesn't... like Anthony Davis was probably frustrated with losing situation in New Orleans. If him playing alongside Rondo and Cousins doesn't force him out, I don't know what does, because it's just... I can't imagine being in that locker room. There's a lot going on in there, <laughs> that's for sure. A lot going on and we all know that rondo has a pretty strong personality so he's good with rookies but not good with other stars yeah. my understanding especially well yeah we'll see how the demarcus cousin experiment goes again but if it goes how it if it if it's anywhere near the first time around we'll see that was a fun team to watch kind of buggy was always fun he's always fun yeah i love him i still wish he would have ended up a celtic but yeah well, the Pelicans traded for him for nothing, so... Yeah. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Avery Bradley's predecessor on the Pistons, is off to the Lakers for an $18 million one-year deal, which could affect the pick that the Celtics have in next year's draft. It'll probably fall out. You think we're gonna go, not going to get it till 2019? I doubt it. What does it have to be? Uh, two to five? Yep. Yeah, I doubt it. It could. Well, I mean, it could, but... It'll probably be closer to five than two. Maybe they luck out in the lottery. Maybe. Or we luck out in the lottery, I guess. Uh, Simmons going to Orlando, coming from the, the Spurs. They decided to renounce his rights, signed with Orlando for three years, but there's no money, at least yet. Um, but that's cool. Jonathan Simmons getting a deal. I don't know what the hell Orlando is doing, so. I respect, I mean, Orlando, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, but I respect that. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Udo to Utah. Seth okay. to Utah. Ilyasova to Atlanta, Dwayne Dedman to Atlanta. So Atlanta is going to be weirdly okay. <laughs> CJ Miles going to the Raptors. It's like the only move they've made this offseason. Uh, well, they re-signed Lowry, so that's kind of a thing. Well, I guess well, I wouldn't count that. Yeah, I mean, the, I, new guy coming onto the team. Yeah, but this also is- Lowry was expected to bolt. Nobody thought Lowry was coming back, so yeah. that was kind of a 
the move a bit. People forget that he's about, what is he, like 32, 33 years Larry? old? I thought Larry's yeah. young. I thought he's... No. Uh, more... I'm figure more out age. I'm going to keep on. walking through the free agency. So. Uh, he's, 30, he's 31. The Spurs? Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. Because remember, he's played on a few teams. Babyface. Yeah. Uh, the Spurs signed guys that you probably have never heard of who are probably <laughs> going to be great. Yeah. They just do that on the Spurs. Reggie Bullock is going to the Pistons for two years at two and a half million each. And Nick Collison is probably going to retire, maybe. Hmm. Okay. But he signed with OKC to do it because he spent a lot of time with the Thunder. So, yeah. That's Some what got not on. so big moves, but sort of big moves, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the end. Like, we're we're at the very, very, very tail end of free agency. Yeah, like two and a half weeks removed from the start, and how, what are your like well, quick thoughts? So, hot takes, quick thoughts of this free agency period. Well, I'm still not sure what is going on with Nerlens Noel. Oh yeah, is he still not signed yet? He's still not signed. There, I I don't know what's going on because he's he's a restricted free agent, but nobody's even submitted an offer sheet to him. Uh, so I don't know what's going on. Maybe he's quitting basketball. Yeah, maybe he's <laughs> maybe maybe he quit. I don't know. That's yeah, actually that's... I forgot about him because yeah, I just kind of figured he was staying with the Mavericks regardless of what happened. And maybe every other team kind of figured that was happening anyways. Well, they still need to make an offer to him. Well, haven't they? Didn't they no. at least make a qualifying offer and they're probably no. negotiating now? I don't think so. Unless it totally flew under the radar, it ha- maybe. It's weird. All right. So that that. That's weird. Um, oh yeah, he's still a free agent. Yeah. Uh, so that's weird. Um, there, there weren't any, you know, there weren't any groundbreaking moves outside of Chris Paul, obviously, uh, Gordon Hayward. But besides that, well, there were a few big moves, right? So the Kings got strangely a lot better. They did with old people. Can't make fun of them anymore. Vince Carter went out there. Yep, Rudy Gay went to the Spurs. Okay. Uh, yeah, there were some interesting things that happened. Paul Millsap left the Hawks, basically. Went to Denver? Yeah. And then obviously the Paul George thing. That wasn't free agency, but that still was crazy. Danilo went to LA? Yeah, so there was, there were some interesting things that happened. But I meant like big moves. So like Chris Paul was a bit, I would say Chris Paul, Chris Paul was probably the biggest move. Yeah. Gordon Hayward second. Well, that was, again, that technically wasn't a free agency, but yeah, I know, you're right. Yeah. But I, overall, I, I would, it was interesting. It wasn't as interesting as years past. I think next offseason will be the interesting one. Because Russ and like. Yeah, Russ, uh, Paul George still, unless they extend him in the middle of the season. Um, LeBron. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you got you got some big names out there, so and the, you know the speculation about LeBron leaving has been going on for forever, so it's just gonna keep going on. It's gonna be great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll see. I'm I'm excited for next year's free agent class. Yeah, I'm excited for the season first, and I'll, then I'll, I I just need like a break from free agency, and then I'll get yeah. back into it once because we have the draft and like all this stuff. We're going to redo everything that happened this season again next season. <laughs> it's just gonna be like. It's exciting because there's going to be another like Markel Fultz style player and the chance of the number one pick, but at the same rate, it's just going to be like, ah. All right, so I'm going to read off some of the some of the free agent names next year. 
So you can see this. This is the one to get excited about. Okay. So you got LeBron, Russell, Durant. I don't even know why I said his name. Uh, Carmelo, Chandler Parsons, uh, Dwight Howard is still serviceable. DeAndre Jordan, LaMarcus Aldridge, mm. uh, Paul George I already mentioned. Uh, Wesley Matthews and his cancer. Clay Thompson, uh, Tobias Harris. Yeah. Todd Gibson, Robin Lopez. Oh, why do you why do you emphasize Robin Lopez? I like Robin Lopez. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> uh, Thaddeus Young, Tyson Chandler. I don't even know how he's still in the league. Um, Jeremy Lin. Oh, well, there's our there's our replacement point guard. <laughs> yeah, uh, Zach Randolph. The list goes on and on and yeah. on. But got some got some strong names. Yeah. All right. Anything you're working on for this for the site? No, I'm just. Uh, I don't know what what to do now. Now yeah. that the season is over, Goldrum stuff. We're gonna start having to put up some like entertaining stuff. Yeah, really. We're gonna be, really. We're gonna be stretching. If you guys have any ideas, hit us up. Anything, anything at all. Just nothing illegal, I guess. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Even then, I we're we're, yeah, gonna, we're gonna be really stretching for stuff. So yeah, any yeah. any ideas? We're more than well. Yeah, send us emails. I don't know. Tweet at us. Hashtag CLPod. And uh, yeah, just keep up. We're gonna have some fun podcasts over the next couple months. Up until the start of the season, really, and then we're gonna get back to the fun stuff. But until then, we're gonna do like random conspiracy podcasts, history podcasts, all these things. It's gonna be a really good time. You're not gonna want to miss it. And you can find those podcasts on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and most podcatcher apps. And make sure so you subscribe so that you never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, be sure to raise five stars. We really appreciate it. It helps us get seen by other basketball fans, other podcast watchers, and it just helps us out. If you don't like something or you have a suggestion, make sure you let us know with a comment on any Celtics Life article or on Twitter with the hashtag CLPod. We're always trying to bring you guys the Celtics coverage that you want just the way you like it. Anything you want to say, Luis? No, but Jeremy Lin to the Celtics 2019. Here's our conspiracy. All right. Have a good day. <laughs> Enjoy the day, everybody. Later, y'all. Yeah.